Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay me what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt, because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave? As I had mercy on you, and in anger his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we reach the midpoint and our series, An Overflowing Heart. And we come to this idea of mercy and having a merciful heart. And what it really means to forgive. Sometimes we get a little hung up on how we forgive. And we get a little hung up on being able to fully forgive. Jesus had been talking for some time and they had been discussing what you would have to do if somebody sinned against you. What you would need to do to try to correct it, how you would have to fix the situation. (coughs) And so after they've been talking about this for a while, Peter decides that there's something he hasn't quite figured out yet. He says, if another member of the church sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? And being very generous, Peter asks, should I forgive them seven times? It's generous because often, more than a couple times, and somebody might get kicked out, somebody might get ostracized, they might get shunned because you can't trust them. Seven means that he is going as far as some of the scriptures say and saying that seven times it must happen. And when we think about it, seven times seems like an awful lot. Because if somebody wrongs you seven times, you may not want to keep them around anymore.
So Jesus looks at Peter and he says, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Now, there's a bit of a discrepancy as to how people think it's supposed to be translated. It could also be 70 times, seven times. And the reason is, is that he didn't really mean keep track of things until you hit 77 and then go, well, I'm done. The thing is, is that if you are keeping track of how many times you have forgiven somebody, chances are before you even get close to 77, you're either going to lose count or you're going to go, why am I still keeping track of this? I've run out of fingers, I've run out of toes, I can't keep counting up to 77 and I'm probably going to lose track in my head somewhere. And if I can't keep track of it, then the number's not going to be right and I won't know when I've hit 77. And the point is, it's a big number. It's a big number and it doesn't matter if you get to that 77 mark. Because the point is that you shouldn't be keeping track. Because if we're keeping track, then we're not really forgiving. Too often we get it in our heads that forgiveness is something that we give and we give it conditionally. We give it in half measures. And we go, well, I'll forgive you. But you know, I've already forgiven you for that time that you killed my houseplant and that time that you stained the carpet and I've forgiven you for that time you broke the lamp. And the problem is that if we are bringing up all of these things that we have supposedly forgiven, have we really forgiven those people? Or are we still holding a grudge and holding on to those things, going, well, I'm going to kind of forgive you, but every time you do something wrong, I'm going to bring it up so I can hold it over your head. That's not forgiveness. The problem is that we too often cling to these things. And we go, well, I can't forget them. Because if I forget them, then they could hurt me again. The thing is, forgiveness is about moving forward. Forgiveness is about being able to take a step forward and leave that weight behind. That we're not going to be bogged down with self-righteous judgment. We're not going to be bogged down in yesterday. When we forgive somebody, we go, you know what? It's in the past. And I want to move forward to give you a chance to be something new. When Christ tells this parable, he's got all that in mind. Because he talks about a tremendous amount of debt. It's a little hard for us to fathom without putting it into terms that we can better understand. 10,000 talents could be a lot, it could be a little. To give a bit of a reference, a talent was worth more than 15 years' wages of a day laborer. Now, there is a chance that this slave had a pretty high up position, but it also means that if he had a high up position, he had a lot of responsibility, but that's still an awful lot of debt. 10,000 talents is more than a lifetime of debt. And so when the slave comes forward, he doesn't say, please wipe my debt clean. No, he comes forward and he says, 
Give me more time so I can make this right, so I can repay this. Give me time so that I can do what's right. And the master's response is, well, you know what? I see that you are trying to make this right. I see you're trying to do the right thing. And I'm moved by that, and I'm going to wipe it clean. I'm going to take this debt, and I'm going to get rid of it. And you can start over. Maybe you can make better decisions. Because it seems like there had to have been some poor decisions to be able to accumulate that much debt. Because you know what? I'll I'll forgive all of it. And it's gone. And you'd think he'd be overjoyed. You'd think that he would be so happy that he'd be willing to go out and have a party to celebrate. And on the way out, he bumps into a fellow slave. And this slave owes him money. About a hundred denarii. A denarii is usually about a day's wage for a laborer. So, at most... He owes him a hundred days' wages. A little over three months. And he says, give me more time and I can pay this back. Again, he doesn't ask that it be wiped clean. He asks, give me time to make this right. And the slave who has already been forgiven says no. He says no. No. You will pay me back. This person who has just been forgiven multiple lifetimes worth of debt says, You owe me a hundred days' wages. You're going to jail until you can pay it. Too often, we end up like that slave. We forget that when we pray, we are taught to pray that we want to be forgiven as much as we are willing to forgive. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we don't just go, well, forgive me, and I can forgive others too. No, we say, Lord, forgive me as much as I am willing to forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That we want to be forgiven as much as we are willing to forgive. Which means that how much we're forgiven is somewhat in our hands. How much we are able to wipe clean is in our hands by how much we are willing to wipe clean for others. And we're given an example of forgiving wholly and completely. That God does so to us. That Christ did so from the cross. And yet somehow we find ourselves Forgiving in half measures. That we forgive and we go, well, you know, I'll forgive you if you can promise that you won't do these things anymore. I'll forgive you if you can make this right. I'll forgive you if and when you pay me back. Then I will forgive you. And you know, at first it may sound reasonable. And then I think about Christ up on the cross. And I think about him up there. And he goes, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. If they will go and fix all of these problems. 
And you know, it sounds ridiculous when I think about Christ up on the cross going, well, they've got to meet me halfway. They've got to crawl halfway up this cross and they've got to meet me up here if they want to be forgiven. No, he says, forgive them. Full stop. They don't know what they do. Forgive them. There's a power in forgiveness. That when we let our hearts be full of mercy, that we are able to let go. We let go of grudges and we let go of burdens that weigh us down. Because if we are dragging around all of yesterday's baggage, how can we pick up the goodness that is tomorrow? Our hands are so full trying to drag around all of those things that we want to say, well, you've wronged me here and here and here. We don't let people be the person they could be tomorrow. Because I know each and every one of us can be something brand new in Christ. But how can we see that something brand new in Christ if we're not willing to let go of what they were yesterday to see who they're going to be tomorrow? We all need to be forgiven. Each one of us is the only one that knows the full extent of how much we need to be forgiven. If we want to be fully forgiven, our slate wiped clean, the debt erased, even if we owe three lifetimes worth of debt, God will wipe it clean and say, it's all right. Because you can be something better tomorrow. You can do better tomorrow. I know you can be more than just the sum of your past. But to do it, we have to say that to each other. We have to let go and be able to say, you know what? Maybe you've wronged me. And maybe it was something terrible. But if I believe that God can heal all wounds, if I believe that God can make all things possible, if I believe that God can redeem any heart, then I forgive. I forgive because I want to give that person a chance to be something more in Christ. I want to give them the chance to be all that they can be. And I can't give them that chance if I'm sitting there saying, you are these things. It doesn't mean we forget when people have caused us pain. It doesn't mean that we forget terrible things have happened. It just means that we allow people to grow to be more than the sum of their past actions. That we let them grow to be who they will be. Because they can all be something more. We can all be something more with Christ. That if we were all set free from sin, redeemed by the blood, that blood was not poured out for some. That blood was poured out for all. We must be willing to forgive our brothers and sisters. We must be willing to forgive God's children so that they can see the goodness that comes from mercy. May our hearts always be overflowing with love and mercy. Because God loved us before we could love. Christ gave up all 
that we could be free. He conquered death that we may find everlasting life together. Not that we may divide each other and drive each other away, but that we may forgive each other and come together. That together we can do God's will. Together we can build God's kingdom. And together we will all find our way home into God's loving arms. Because we find a mercy that we were willing to show each other. And a love that is greater than anything else I have ever known. Because where God goes, nothing is impossible. And where God goes is where I want to be. And I want all of God's children to be there with me. Amen.